0: welcome to the 100th episode um so yeah we made it we made it to 100 um slow start in in the in the podcast uh back a couple of years ago different patches but this year we've we've been consistent i think we did over 43 44 episodes this year um so yeah we made it to 100 which is a huge milestone um considering most podcasts don't make it after episode two and three. You know, I think uh, um, we haven't done anywhere near uh, the amount of some people. But for us, we're really pleased to, to got to this bit of a milestone. Um, and we did something a little bit different. What we did is we got four... Um, Four guys off the academy both work with us from a one to one perspective, group perspective on the membership. Um, All amazing people as well as amazing trainers. Uh, We got Dom, Sam, Sophie, and Nicole, all from very different uh, backgrounds, run different businesses. But actually, through the conversation we had, there were so many similarities. Um, And it was really cool to sit down. Um, obviously virtually and 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 yeah let hear these guys in a different setting rather than us coaching them or telling them to do their check-in or where their metrics, etc. So it was a, it was probably I know from my perspective it was the, my favourite episode we've done. Uh, I'm pretty sure Anne echoes that as well. Um, but yeah, I hope you really enjoy this. Um, I put a few of the few of the subjects into the show notes. You know the score now. We don't edit. I haven't got time. Could make time, but yeah, telling myself uh, I haven't got time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we spoke about, you know, them having different businesses from Sophie, who's gone from Group X to a really good, successful online business, both from a membership perspective, one-to-one perspective. Nicole, who's nine months into a into her career and the put progress she's made is insane. Sam, who work, runs a private um, gym from a one-to-one and small group perspective, and Don, who who basically hires a private gym, uh, space in a private gym and does one-to-one small group training. He started uh, a few months back and is also branching out into um, online to scale his business. So loads of different... Um, work with different demographics, different areas, different um, life situations from Nicole, who's a mum, to Sam, who's got kids, to Dom, etc, etc. Really hope you enjoy this. Um, let us know what you think of this new style we're kicking off with other PTs on. Yes, it's been a long intro. I'm going to shut up now. Enjoy, guys.
1: There we go. There we go. I feel like we should have like um, party poppers and everything,
0: Nick. Celebrations.
1: Yeah, like we would look at how miserable we are. <laughs> Welcome to Podcast One Hundred, people. Um, yeah, this is about as much as a celebration you're gonna get from us. Um, as I've mentioned, this is actually a special episode because normally we just wing it and put it in q and A, and then put that out. And now and again, we'll have uh, industry experts on. Um, and we've got more industry experts on today. Do you like that, Sam? Do you like that? No. Let us know what you were saying earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as if you've heard, like we've kind of been putting this out for a while, that we're going to take a bit of a change of steer on the podcast, and we want to interview and have a chat, do Q and As, have a bit of banter with just you guys as PTs, um, and. For that, we've brought on four of the very, very best PTs um, in your areas. Um, yeah, the very best PTs in the academy, and they're all going to go around and spend about a minute or two talking about themselves. Um, tell us a bit about yourself, Dom.
2: Don't know if I can make this last sixty seconds. So <laughs> that's, what, uh, that's what you you've said that before. Aren't you? Yeah. Hey. We've started now. We've started. There we go. Is this count as my sixty seconds?
1: <laughs> we only got thirty uh, left.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. So I'm uh, Dominic Foster. Um, I've been in the industry for about eight years now, and I currently work out of a private studio where I just um, rent space off of the owner. And I actually can proudly say that I. I'm happy to trade my time for money as a personal trainer. So um, yeah, that's me.
1: man, short and sweet. Short and sweet. We'll we'll I know thirty
0: seconds
3: left. So Sophie, away you go, mate. Hello, I'm Sophie Campbell. So I'm actually in the Isle of Man. So it's a little island in between um, Ireland and Liverpool. And um, so I was—I've only been in the industry for about three years. So I'm quite fresh into the personal training industry. Um, I was originally a professional dancer on cruise ships and then came home about five years ago, worked in an office and built my business on the side and then took um, took the plunge, I guess, like three years ago. Um, and I kind of do more freelance PT, go around to clients' houses. Um, and then recently, because of the virus, I've gone online as well. Um, and I have an online membership on the side.
1: Brill, Brill, Brill. Go on then, Sam. You might as well. You might as well. Thanks.
4: Uh, similar to Sophie, really. I was um, I was a dancer on a cruise ship. <laughs> I, I built my business on the side from um, working uh, in a corporate gig. And essentially, I had a garage that I've turned into a studio. Um, I do small group training and personal training. And I... I've basically taken most of the advice that you've given me and, and implemented it. And it seems to be going, okay, I've been in the business for about four and a half years and yeah, really enjoying it. So um, I'm looking forward to hearing what everyone has to say. Actually, it's going to be quite interesting. Well,
1: man, top man, mate. And last, definitely 1 million percent, not least because you're one of our favorites, Nicole. We're not going to lie. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, Go on. Do you want to share your, um, experience, knowledge, whatever you're going to say. Go on.
5: Well, um, yeah. My name's Nicole Allen. I've been a PT for about nine months. Um, (laughs) Did my qualification on that leave um, and joined a commercial gym. Um, I'm just making my way out of that commercial gym now into a private studio. Um, I'm pre- and postnatal qualified, so that's sort of my... Um, target audience Um, and I think that's it not really much to say
1: yeah and do you know what I think this is the first time that we've ever had a call with you where your kids aren't crawling around your head in the background I know right (laughs) I'm
5: child free its
1: ai actually enjoy that better if I'm honest Uh, (laughs) listen right just to set the scene obviously as as informal as ever we we're going to have a chat the main kind of topic line of today's kind of chat is around building your confidence as a personal trainer, business owner, and brand, because we feel that's one of the biggest issues most personal trainers have. Um, And everyone on this call, including myself and Nick, has gone through spells of that self-limiting beliefs, imposter syndrome, lacking in confidence, making decisions, and we all need a bit of support and accountability now and again. Um, And we felt that it'd be great, especially on this podcast being 100, that we share, instead of it being fitness industry experts who've been in the industry like us, forever um that we share people are in the industry right now living and breathing everything that ever over personal trainers listen to this are going to go through um, so that's kind of us setting the scene a little bit and now hopefully for the people listening you are all familiar with each person and why they're here to be fair because obviously dom private gym male demographic sophie gone from dancing on the cruise ships to online classes um home training membership group all of that Sam does fuck all. Um, Nicole, um, mum, very busy mum, but started out with a really strong personal training business and focused on the same demographic. But no, obviously Sam running your own private facility as well as you have been-ish. Over the I think
0: everyone's getting to get a really good insight into into our calls with Sam.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> pure, just pure sarcasm. Um, right, just to kick this off. Dom, I'm going to pick on you first, pal, if that's all right. Yeah. Um, so mate like if you could give the PTs kind of listening um, about the, especially the PT and you who started out 8 years ago one piece yeah. of advice what you feel is really important to concentrate on to improve your confidence versus one bit of advice that you see PTs doing now that will affect negatively affect your confidence what would it be?
2: so probably the one thing I would say that people need to do more of is train like as many different people as much as possible so um like I find people trying like skip I think you might have said it before in your podcast because I always listen to it about skipping <laughs> skipping like the apprentice phase like you know like where you'll be where you're shit to begin with and they try and like skip it and then go to like really trying to niche down to begin with and then realize that they don't like that and then they miss all of the um the part where they learn what they actually like, whether that's who they like working with, the times they like working, and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I would say train as many different people as possible, as much as possible. So, basically, just get as many reps in on the actual gym floor as possible before trying to specialize in anything.
1: And just digging into that, Nick, jump mm. in when you want, pal. Um, digging into it a little bit is what do you think in that initial stage? Like, what do you think is the main barriers, self-limiting beliefs that you had that probably are still present in most PTs? um, That if you could go back and tell yourself, do you know what, mate? You want to stay clear from that? Like, what any more kind of detail on that stuff?
2: Well, stuff to stay clear from Uh, in general.
1: Yeah, so like, in general, you turned around then and said, like, go in and train and find a passion to help solve the problems of people that you really want to, like and so on, uh, really enjoy training. Anything else that you kind of would give anyone advice listening to this who maybe starting out as a career in PT that would need a bit more advice on that angle?
2: Um, what do you mean? What sense? Like
1: I, I think more so, mate. Unlike you're getting told from day one, obviously, mm-hmm. and we we push this boat is in regards to you turning around and saying train everyone. Yeah. But you're getting told to find your demographic, find who you want to work okay. with, all of that type of stuff. And it can be quite overwhelming for a lot of PTs, yeah. like what to believe and so on. Um, I think like, if I could go back and tell myself something at that point, like, my main concern was I didn't have the confidence to speak to people I didn't know on the gym floor. And yeah. that was the main thing that I would worry about. And I would see myself as salesy. I would see myself as pushy. And I'd kind of draw all of that out that negatively affect my confidence that I wouldn't <clears throat> then go up to people, even though people looking at me would think, oh, he's a "Guys, do you know what I mean?" Anything Yeah, else on that?
2: yeah. So, like, even even to begin with, like what I did is try to like when I say train as many people as I can, like even just people that you know that you can like experiment with. Like my first my first client was a, like a really good friend of mine who actually paid me as well because normally those gigs are free, right? Um, someone that you can like make mistakes on and it not be too much of a big deal. Like obviously if you're first starting out and um, you've got the first paying paying client, obviously you don't want to make mistakes with that person. You don't want to make mistakes with anyone, but friends are going to be a lot more tolerable of you starting out, right? Or even family, like lay down the line. I don't think working with family is a good idea, but to begin with, things like that um, help massively. Like that first client I had, the friend of mine when I look back on that I think like what on earth was I doing like I can still remember like having him on the side of um like he was like a typical office worker right so like I'm there trying to like correct his posture during our sessions we're training once a week right I would looking back on that I cringe but making that mistake on him early on um probably gave me the confidence to then speak to more people to train other people um so yeah like trying to trying to get friends and family um, to begin with would probably help a lot of people.
1: Okay, do you think, Sam, go on, go on, Sam. Can I, jump,
4: I was just gonna say, I don't really, I don't know Dom at all, but I do know Dom because I've looked at his socials quite a lot, right? And we went through a whole thing of getting your parcels delivered at the wrong point and all that sort of stuff, right? And I was in that with you. I felt like getting get this parcel. Now, I think what's really important Perspective of that is you're speaking to as many people as possible as well. You're getting your message is um, you know come along, train, don't be shy, all that sort of stuff. And you're putting your life out there so people feel that they get to know you and they know you and and they start to trust you. They start to want you and they start to sort of ask you questions. I imagine you know people sign into your DMs asking questions or you know whatever it is. But what happens is you're building that sense of uh, of a trust but B social proof and see that you know people can see what's going on in in your in your world i think that's what's really important and, what, and that's something i think that you do really really well
2: i did get the parcel delivered as well by the way <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's one. my favorite one was the breakfast what's that the breakfast
2: what one was that
0: the guy in the breakfast Going on the breakfast. Someone wanted to take you for breakfast.
2: Oh, don't bring that <laughs> up <good>. again. <laughs> the, the date. When I went on a date with a man,
0: you're gonna to have to share it now.
1: You have to tell so them. Do, do you want me
2: to want me to go. Yeah, because
1: your... this is like a standard right. PT fail, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so um, and I'm actually gonna blame you guys because you got me to uh, to use LinkedIn, which turned into grinder. Um <laughs> yeah. so basically, long story short, um well, uh, a long story, slightly shorter. Um, I was it, I was speaking to a guy uh, LinkedIn DMs about about training. So I thought, um, so we was talking, blah blah blah. Um, booked him for a consultation, and one it was all fine, everything was completely normal until he asked me if I was going to eat there as well. So then I'm thinking, right, this was a consultation. You put food in the equation, it's now a date. Um, I said, oh, I'm probably not going to do that, um, but I will still see you there. So meet him there, all fine. We was talking for a long time without anything to do with fitness being involved. So again, uh, alarm bells. Uh, every And what made it even weirder was the fact that he would bring up fitness and like wanting to start training every now and then. So he would drop it in like sporadically. So I still thought that this was about personal training and then like the weirdest bit like to end it is as we we're about to leave I did the thing with instead of going oh I'm gonna go this way home I said oh uh, what way are you going so I can go the complete opposite I went oh what way are you going and he went oh this way pointed to the right and I went oh I'm gonna go this way and then all of a sudden he was like oh uh, I'm gonna go that way as well <laughs> so long story short I didn't get a new client out of it um I think I paid for the coffee as well and that was an hour out of my day so
0: oh I love that story
2: <laughs> yeah I forgot some, about that
0: as well. you walking down the street <laughs> next to each other ignoring yeah. each other
2: <laughs> yeah and I was like uh, I need to go this way like my car is like way down this way um, mm. so uh so yeah I've gone on a date with a man instead of getting a client so mate Honestly,
1: I reckon there's more stories that are going to come out of this. I reckon they're probably mm. all going to be Dom's. <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah. so. Listen, staying on this topic a minute because I mm. think it's important what we've just talked about is obviously we're talking about improving confidence and that comes at every single level, in my opinion. So, like, we talk about being lacking in confidence initially and learning you kind of being that white belt mentality and earning your stripes a little bit in that apprentice stage but you and this is for everyone, like all chirping at any points. If you want, like that, still happens, in my opinion, at every level as you grow. Right? There'll still be points where you you get to that. I don't want to use the word imposter syndrome because it gets they get overused, don't they? But there is that lacking in self belief and self doubt of oh, for example, Sophie, can I go from classes to an online membership? Can I be an online coach? What does it take to be an online coach? Do you know what I mean? Like these plenty of times where I've looked back and gone, actually at that point in my career, Jesus Christ, I went, it was just like, I was learning on the job on the day and it was just affecting my confidence. And in some days it went badly. Some days it went great. And then you just learn to start to put things in place. Has anyone else experienced that every time you've kind of transitioned to something? Dom, anything you've gone through with that at different stages, moving gyms maybe as well?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would say more so, um, going to the online side of things mm. because going from like one-to-one where you see someone all the time and something like i still struggle with where i'm trying to like treat an online client like a one-to-one client by almost like over overserving, serving if that's even a thing mm. because um going to where you see someone all the time you've got so much contact with them to like obviously not seeing them, um, not having as much contact with them you feel like you're doing it wrong um if that makes sense So I still get that now, like where I'm sitting there with like, I'll be sitting there during the day and I'm like, oh, I haven't spoke to so-and-so for for this long. I must be doing it wrong Um, when they're completely fine and they're completely fine, just cracking on as normal because that's what they signed up for, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that was my biggest one, not necessarily from gym to gym, but going from in-person stuff to online more so. Okay.
1: So, did you experience that as you were transitioning to different models?
3: Yeah, massively. And I still get it, you know, they still get like, and I know you said like the whole imposter syndrome thing, but I still get it all the time. Um, and I think you only get past it by, by doing it. You know, like for me, I just I just have this thing around video, like I don't like video um, and I just find it like awkward and just I just found it really weird. But if you put me in front of a group class, like it just feels normal. So I was like how can I change the way that I'm looking at this to like I'm just talking to the camera on stories or something like on your Instagram or whatever that I'm actually just talking in like a group class setting and I'm helping people like you're helping your clients like I'll say something like on the video or whatever and then people will message and be like oh you really helped me today or you really um, inspired me to like do this or do that and like that's what the job is you know and it's like But you still get that, like, oh, I
1: don't want to talk to a camera. Like, it's weird. Listen, like, the amount of people that we speak to this about, and it's just a process, isn't it? A constant process. And the fact is, is that there'll be pure, like, loads of personal trainers listen to this and be at that stage that you're at right now about, obviously, everyone's seeing that Instagram's going to a more video-based platform and then there'll be PTs out there who have become really good on Canva and now, like, shit, I've got to do loads of video if I want to market myself and all of that. And there'll be combat there'll be stages to combat throughout your whole career on this stuff um and especially as you transition from model to model gym to gym how you want to expand sam will talk about the gym and progress and stuff like that um on all of that stuff but i think it's important for people to recognize that even if we're sat here with i don't know even if we're sat here with phil learning we've had phil learning on before i don't know where else we've had on before like that everyone's gone through them bouts like you four have gone through it me and nick have gone through it and we still do it on a day-to-day basis no matter what level you're at um it's about that whole i'll use nick's phrase is what you break through while you break down is it is that what you say nick
0: sometimes mate
1: yeah jason well, right shit you're
0: listening aren't you
1: yeah yeah um go on i'll let you have the floor now nick go where you go
0: i just wanted to dig further into that really that kind of starting point and i think nicole that's quite an, a nice transition to yourself because uh, arguably your the gym that the commercial gym you work out of is a on the surface and the face of it and in reality <laughs> quite a challenging uh quite a challenging area and potential demographic um and you've like you're from where you've started to where you are now like it's been unreal like the the growth and what you've learned and how you've developed as a coach. Um, What would you say the main contributing factors um, that you've put in place that has helped you do so well? It might be one, it might be two, it might be a mindset, it might be a thing you've done. Um, Yeah, floor's yours, mate. What's your thoughts?
5: Um, I think, like when you talk when like you talk about the location it's definitely like really challenging um but I think one of the things I went into it I I went in with a really open mind initially and it was more about like my behavior like not sort of it is like it is in a really tough area but then on the other side flip side of it it's right between a tough area and quite an affluent area of another city Mm. um and I didn't need, like, the majority of the 5,000 members there. Like, I needed, and I think it was you and Anne actually that made me think this. Like, I needed, like, one, two, and then three of the right people to just buy into me. Um, And then, like, not making assumptions on people, like, just having conversations with people, just getting to know them and, like, making sure that if they needed help, like I was the person that they saw in the gym and I think there was a big bit about it like obviously because it was in such a tough area people can use it as like a bit of an excuse and can be quite negative about it and like don't get me wrong like some days were absolutely shit and some people would really drag me down um but like to be told like so many PTs have come and gone because of X, Y, and Z, and like, I was just determined for it just not to be me. And I think the main things that helped me were sorry, I'm waffling on a bit. Um, like the main things that helped me were like speaking to some of the more experienced PTs in there, like get, like asking for help, um, and managing my time as well, like making mm-hmm. sure that I was treating myself like a business and not sort of a hobby that I got paid for um and knowing exactly like why I'm there like what I want to get out of it like who I want to work with because it just reminds you of when you are having them shit days that it's like that's why you're doing it Mm. um I think yeah like it it was really hard at the start and I think when you get a lot of like a lot of noise from other people it's hard to stay kind kind of keep your head down and keep focused on everything but like just yeah just not forgetting your why and it's you that's running your business and it's all right to say no to people as well Mm. you don't have to work with everyone sorry
0: no no not at all mate there's like so much that i want to dig into in that because i think the i think one of the gosh I can resonate with a, quite a few a diff, of, of those things there in regards to when I started out and different gyms I've been in as well. Like, um, I took over uh, a gym. Do you used to watch Benefit Street? There used to be a programme a few years back. I've seen
2: that. What,
0: what was that woman called? Do you remember? Yeah, uh, I can't remember. I only knew it because my gym was on that road. <laughs> so you. Can, and what he's going
2: to say was on it
0: he you know, was like it was literally on that road. And so you can imagine kind of the stigma and the perception and the excuses and the bullshit that surrounded that. But honestly, to this day, that was probably one of the best gyms I've ever worked in from a community aspect, from a fun engagement. Um it it really was. But like Nicole was saying there, like if you if you let all these external influences and opinions and factors and you know affect you. you you know you're and you take it in and you listen to it and you don't have that not that single-minded focus focus but that understanding of what you're doing and why you're doing it you're always going to have days where you forget that aren't you when n- nothing goes right and you take everything to heart and you have an emotional response to a client leaving or someone saying no, or this not going to plan. You're always going to be affected by that. But what I really think gets you constantly back on track is understanding what the hell you're doing it for. And that transition as well from, and was a question where I was going to throw it Dom as well, when you were talking through that, I think it resonates with everyone. And I think Sam, you mentioned this like maybe a couple of weeks ago before Christmas is that point of where you you get into the industry because you enjoy it, right, and you're passionate about it, but it's that transition when you start to think about what you're doing as a business, not particularly you as a business, because I think you've got to separate those two things, but viewing what you're doing on a day-to-day or as a business and not as a hobby or, you know, um, just sitting around the gym, enjoying it. Um anyone else feel like that in regards yeah. to yeah
2: i think that's what is the biggest change for people when they go from like the like i always use the apprentice stage but like that beginner stage where you you start the career feeling like that where it is literally just your hobby and also i feel like when you first start people think that of you as well don't they? when you first start as a trainer um but then i think when things change is when you start treating it like a business not A hobby, but I don't know if many people start thinking it's a business. If that makes sense, because I definitely didn't. I didn't. I begin with.
0: Gosh, I've probably met. There's one lad sticks out in my head who was absolute anomaly. He was 18 years old. Remember Harry from Briley Hill.
2: Yeah, I do, yeah. Does he wear suits everywhere? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 There you go. He, went, he yeah. was on a seminar. He was on a seminar and he wore a suit to the seminar. Yeah. That just shows, doesn't it? That just yeah.
0: shows. You, Amazing. Yeah. One out of 10,000, you know, that, I, that walked in and was like, this is the business. And his uncle ran a gym and, you know, he'd done the ACA when he was 17. And it was like, yeah, that was the only person I've ever... That sticks out in my head that I can never think like they walked into this day one and it was like business, 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 you know, um, Sam, you got any thoughts on that, mate? No. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, yeah, I've got, yeah, I, I think just to go back to one of the original points is, is that imposter syndrome as, as Anne doesn't like to call it, but it's still a thing. And You have to have it though, right? To actually do things properly in life, generally, you have to feel like you're pushing a boundary. So going, starting a new product in your business should feel difficult. It should feel like you don't know anything and you're going to question everything because that's how you get better at it. That's how you research more. And that's how you come to the sessions with you guys asking different questions each, you know, every other week, whatever it is, because it's it's really important that you are you are an imposter to start with but you research it so much that you're not anymore and you become you know okay with what you're doing and I think that's what's really important is that you know you do get that set you do get that feeling but you work through it and you don't shy away from it because otherwise you just end up doing the same thing day in day out and 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 you will lose your love of it if you if you don't push yourself I think so that's what a big part of it for me was and especially when I went from just one-on-one training to small group training in in this facility it I didn't trust it at all I didn't understand it I didn't know why people would go from a one-on-one situation to a three-on-one situation and um, I didn't understand the programming but I didn't basically get it I was like I don't know what the fuck this is and who is it for and um it's now the by far the biggest money owner for me and the one I enjoy the most. And that's what's really important. It's the one that I want to put more sessions on because I get way more out of that community aspect and people working together and pushing each other than I do one-on-one clients. I still really like the one-on-one clients, but what happens is it ends up more of a party with the, with the small group and it's, which is great, which is actually what a lot of general population clients want is that, is to come to the gym and walk away from it feeling great, feeling like they've escaped whatever they were running from or working toward, whatever it is they were doing. They have escaped it for an hour with you and you should feel pretty proud of yourself that they've chosen you. So at the same time, you know, make sure that you're also celebrating the small wins because I never did. I've, I mean, you guys pick me up on that all the time. You know, I moved from a very small amount of clients a couple of years ago to an okay amount and then to quite a few now and I never really celebrated that it's never really been a thing for me because as PTs we always move the goalposts on each other we're always like oh well you know Dom's got 50 clients so that means I need to get 60 clients whatever it is it's more you move that goalpost as soon as you reach 20 it's now 25 and you never really think to yourself oh awesome like a year ago, I was never I was thinking about five clients. So I think there's there's quite a lot of points I've made there, but essentially just yeah, it's it's one of those things that it's, it's just a constant learning,
2: isn't
1: it? You know what? there's loads of good points in that. In the first one, good points for you anyway, Sam. Um the first one, um <laughs> is about you're right in a level of i like to play off imposter syndrome in a, in a sense of i think a lot of people just say it and don't really understand what it is and so on you're right your people have to be uncomfortable see it as a business push through boundaries and so on and i think there's an element of and it relates back to what we said before about not thinking it as businesses because we're so passionate and we enjoy fitness nutrition training coaching people and all of that it's I think sometimes PTs feel a little bit hard done by that they have to push through boundaries and it has to feel uncomfortable. And like, maybe hard done by is the wrong thing to say, but like, sometimes it's like, oh, it shouldn't feel hard. It shouldn't feel difficult. It shouldn't feel like I'm contributing hours to this. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, you get get into it because you don't want to do a nine to five job, do you? And so being in the gym and lift, like training yourself and training other people and stuff like that, I guess you don't come into it looking at it in that particular way. So, when actually you realize, ah, oh shit, i got to do, I've got to look at finances and I've got to do marketing and I've got to figure this automation thing out and then write programs and understand what, all that crap that we tell you guys every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not enjoyable. And if you don't enjoy something coming into this industry, you're going to navigate away from it, aren't you? You're going to run away. From it. I know I did when I first started, and still to, still today, like over Christmas, I had a big long list of shit to do, and did about that much of it because <laughs> I don't want to do it and I don't like it. But it's, uh, but yeah, I think there's some big points there well done Sam I know well done Sam fucking hell, it was a good job we, to, we asked him isn't it now he's yeah. actually says
1: some decent things doesn't <laughs> he it must be because he's on a podcast because he doesn't talk like <laughs> this on a fucking call um,
4: anyway <laughs> fucking
1: hell I know. anyway listen pick you up on something else I'm only joking for anyone listening Sam's alright Um, and actually you said that right. you just said about was giving you shit about you not giving yourself credit and meeting milestones and goalposts. And then you were like a few clients and then a few more. Jesus Christ, like your business is like doubled or tripled. Um, going back to your point, though, going back to your point before, on naturally we always chase goals because that's what we do. Like We chase PBs in the way room, and we do that. And naturally then with business, it becomes a really competitive environment. Like you've said, Dom's got 50, I'm going to need to get 60. Bringing back to Nicole, Nicole, right, how did you, within that first six months where you built an unbelievable business from scratch, how did you do that, right, whilst there's all of this external fitness industry noise going on, but you have two kids under three at that point, um, if I remember right, Um, under two, there we go, even worse, It is worse (laughs) for anyone who says it isn't, it's fucking worse. Um, With that barrier, that lack of time, with all of the external noise going, oh, you won't earn any money in Bradford, all of that type of stuff, with the negative, like, how did you shut that out? And how did you stay focused on your time, your goals, your... How did you do that?
5: Um, God. think I set myself right in the beginning like and now when I look back at the goals that I set myself they were probably very 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 lenient like really simple basic goals I could give myself a month to get my first client like and I would just try to be really realistic with it um and then I think like for me time management was huge like I sort of set myself working hours and I literally like planned my time to the hour like prioritizing tasks making sure that like my clients were looked after um before I had clients making sure that I was out in just in the gym on the gym floor and and setting like really clear boundaries like doing things that I didn't want to do like and we we tell clients do with that the days where you don't want to do something is the day when you should do it and all of that and <laughs> um like just making sure I was doing it because if I didn't do it no one was going to do it and um I think I've um I think another thing that really helped was getting my onboarding process and um sort of in place before I started that really helped me and give me a lot of confidence that when people approached me and when I were having those cold leads I knew how to deal with them um but yeah I think just I think really like managing my time and being really strict with it is 100% like I have like I can't show you it's not actually on my phone but um like even just using google calendars and putting things in there like programming one till two And then I'd have, like, an half an hour reminder before because I'd forget. Because you could guarantee that, like, one of the kids had, like, thrown food everywhere or something or they'd had a shit and I needed to change an (laughs) abbey or something. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So, like, you, I'd need constant reminders because you just forget. Your brain's, like, mush. I,
1: I think it's huge, me. Like, in a sense of, Jesus Christ, like, I think if I started out when I also had... When I was like at the age I was when I started out in the industry, and two kids, like in some ways, every single barrier is against you from building a self-employed business and giving away twelve hours to pure gym because you were on shift and all of that type of stuff. Every barrier is more or less against you in a sense. If you can't get there at peak times, like, and I think what's in a way everyone, some people would look at that and go, "Well, it's just too much in the way." Like a lot of personal trainers will look at their other job and go, "Well, I've got my other job, and it's just there's too much going on." Do you know what I mean? But actually, if you're, I think it provides you with direction, accountability and clarity and going, right, these are the, this is my kind of boundaries of how I need to work because this is what I've got, right? I need to make the most of what I've got. So I need to drive the Mm -hmm. shit out, the intent behind it. And you did that from day one by having that vision and starting to build out of all of that. But more so like doing what you said you were going to do, do you know what I mean? Like I'm going to lead generate on the gym floor. Yes, I, I don't feel comfortable with it. I'm going to show up on camera. I remember the first lot of videos of you. Yeah, but at first, what was great is at first, it was probably hair done, like in a quiet area of somewhere. But then progressively, you just become mum on camera. And then because of that, more people gravitated towards you. So what was great is, and I suppose the message for other PTs listening is like, it's accepting who you are, the situation you're in, creating the boundaries and the vision and showing the intent behind it and do the stuff that you say you're going to do. Because I think there's so many lessons off the back of that. Like, it's huge. Mega. Fair play to you. Um, listen, moving on <laughs> to um, carrying on with confidence and stuff like that. So, if you mentioned before, because there's loads of PTs, obviously, coming to this time of year, relying on January and all that tackle. And a lot of them want to light up an online coaching model, and, and all of that is becoming probably the biggest transition that the industry has seen for years. And, obviously, we know why it's happened so fast. You mentioned before that your concerns of every level, like your confidence, imposter syndrome. Yes, everyone goes through it. And how did you overcome like moving on to like any concerns that you had with the the membership group, being an online coach, changing from the the dance studio to that? How did you start to overcome all of these kind of barriers that you potentially had with your confidence and stuff? I think just
3: doing it and just, just getting over yeah like and like asking for help as well like I I didn't do it I can't say that you know everyone's like oh you've done it all on your own and this that and the other I'm like no like I've got coaches and I've got mentors like you guys have helped me massively especially like through COVID and all of that being able to check in you know check in and go um I can't do this or what you know like if I've got a question um like I'll ask you guys and I'll be like well you know like before we came on here and you're recording the podcast and one of my goals this month is to get a podcast up and running and I was like how are you doing that <laughs> you know what are you doing that how are you recording that where are you going to put it you know it's like asking those questions and you know researching it googling it um and just not really like stopping until you like get that answer and um, because if you want to do something like you'll do it and then like, telling others that you're going to do it. I think that's, like, huge. Like, I've said, I'm doing, like, in my membership tonight, I'm doing a goal-setting webinar. And I've said to those guys, they said, I'm going to start a podcast by the end of January. And because I've said it to them, like, for them, like, they might be, like, doing some kind of fitness or nutrition or they've got other goals that they want to hit. But then, for me, because they say, like, oh, you know, fitness is, is easy for you, like, it's part of your life i'm like but there's other things that are a lot harder to me so if they see me overcoming obstacles that i think are hard it, it kind of sets an example as well um yeah just to like just just do it and, and keep yourself accountable get yeah, coach, mate. Get and do you know what
1: you and nicole have said that now there's so many similarities between what we say to our clients and how we coach clients through their levels of confidence and fear of certain things to what we do <laughs> And that is class because you're right. As soon as you tell someone, it's that extra little bit of accountability. And you can show that human side to you of your clients as well, where you're like, actually I'm shitting myself for doing this and all of that. And it's the same fear that they go through with a new gym, gym environment, busy gym at this time of year and all of that. Sam, I'm not going to pick on you anymore. All right. Um, just talk us through, mate. Same question as Sophie really. You talked about obviously your concerns and I don't know, affecting confidence of moving to say small group training, and as the, the your gym has grown and all of that, how have you apart from the stuff that Sophie said,
4: is there anything else of how you've overcome them things? Um, well, I think Sophie just touched on on everything that I would have, um, I would have done there. But a big one again is that support network that you you draw in around you. So, yeah, you have you have the mentors and, you know, I have Nick and I have Anne, and it's, it's really, really vital that you get advice from people who you trust. Now, that can be your family, that can be friends, that could be just people that you want to emulate. So, you know, if you see somebody doing something on Instagram, I do this all the time, I will reach out and just be like, how are you doing that? What's going on with this? What... People either really appreciate it and they're like, oh, you, you know, you're taking an interest or they don't. You can only get the answer. can only be no. Right. Or you're going to get the answer that you want. So, you know, we're not, I'm not trying to my personally, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. Like ex, the exercises that I'm teaching are the standard exercises. What I'm giving here is a relationship with my clients that I'm, that, that, that they're buying into. They're buying into me delivering a, program that they want to show up for now i took a i was really really probably scared is the right word to go into that small group and to that and just even to start the gym because who am i to offer advice to anybody who am i to be able to deliver the sessions that i was delivering you know that imposter syndrome was was very very stark very very at the forefront of my mind then as Don was talking about, you know, you cut your teeth on a few friends, you, you make sure that you deliver as many sessions as possible to as many people as possible. And, and that gives you a little bit more of a, a confidence boost. People ask you questions, and you actually know the answer to them. So, you know, you do your research around somebody's problem, you know, somebody, Don was talking about the guy with bad posture. Yeah, you don't change his posture in an hour session. You send them something to do afterwards, and you say, "Yeah, look, have you tried this at work instead of doing that?" That's what you need to do for that situation because you don't want to waste your time over here or their time for that for that one hour, but you do want to help them. So it's just moving the goalposts with, with yourself, and, and in the sense of you know that that confidence and surrounding your, yourself with people that you want to be around and you want to take advice from. I think that's how I get over it I'm not saying I've gotten over it I get over it is is by by trust by 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 reading and ensuring like I'm reading the right books from the right people I want to be like this person well let's just have a little look into the research let's have a little look into this person but whatever it is or or a podcast is is great right as Sophie was talking about starting a new one so talking to interesting people but listening to interesting people I think is also really really important you know you guys your guys podcasts you've got there's, there's so many out there that are really, really helpful. So I think just surrounding yourself with that information and making sure that you're digesting information that you want to consume, I think is really important.
0: Is that, is that what leads? It's quite open question to everyone, really, just off that. Because I agree, mate, like the abundance of information and access for self-employed PTs, fitness professionals, gym owners online coaches now is just unreal but also what do you go towards what do you learn Absolutely.
2: and then you know you saying about like the parallel for our clients i was explaining that to a client the other day about um like if he was to google like best diet for weight loss it's the same for us isn't it like if you googled like or like you know it's like in the facebook groups for PCs. if you put in like oh i need help with my business you've got guru left right and center saying they can get you to six figures right so Mm -hmm. i think it's the same thing isn't it the parallels again uh from us and like our clients um there's too there's too much information isn't there or too many places you can go to
0: 100 100 what what leads you guys like for example sam like what, what the last thing you kind of read up on, or last thing you learned or upskilled yourself on or did a little bit of research on, are there anything that kind of leads that? So the reason why I'm asking that is if, if PTs are out there and they're kind of got all these things, like I've got to learn about marketing and training and this and that and all this kind of stuff to do that they know is kind of important, but what actually do I need to do now? How did you make those kind of decisions?
4: And the decision for me is, is, do I like what I hear? Am I interested in it? it's one of the big things. And another thing is what are my clients asking for without actually asking, what are they asking for? So I've got a lot of clients who come to me without realizing it. Basically, I just become a therapist. I literally just sit and some people cry. Some people don't like at the end of the day, they vent for an hour and they need that. They need that probably more than they need the exercise. So I've got a real strong interest now in the mental health side of things, looking at doing CBT courses and things like that, because what my clients actually are crying out for, yeah, is a really good, is a program for their, for their fitness, but they also need to be told, look, one foot in front of the other, this is what happens, you know, you know, you can, you can have a breakdown, you can do, something can't be right in your life, but have you thought about trying this or have we, you know, have you, have you thought about, um, trying X, Y, or Z. And I think what's really important at the moment is I don't really want to give that advice because I'm not qualified in that. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how that, you know, how that will affect that person, but I want to be able to. So mm.
0: I've
4: got a thirst for the knowledge. And it's, it's the same with anything. If you've got a problem with your marketing, then you probably go have a listen to you guys, have a listen to other industry experts putting out stuff about PT. And you start to pick and choose what you like, what's going to fit for your business and what isn't, but you have to sift through quite a bit before you find the gold. But the gold is there. And the gold is in most, in most of the bigger podcasts that I listen to, you're going to pick something up mm-hmm. in the episodes. But what's really important is that you know what you're sort of trying to fix. You see what I mean? So if you, you're going out there just being like, no, no idea, let's just download a load you'll get halfway through and you'll be like, Jesus, information overload. Can't deal with this anymore. i just go back to listening to The Archers. But, you know, it's... About, <laughs> it's what it's the fuck more. is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's more, <laughs> about, yeah, for me, just the marketing side of things. If I want to fix something, then I'll go and try and find that information on that. Or if I've got questions from clients or whatever, or just general, have a thirst for that, for the information that you know new pts or or pts in the industry i you know i want to learn from that so i'll guess about that
3: just picking up on that as well it's like uh, what aligns with like you and your values because i think you know in yourself like i know i've spent money and i've gone like to some of those guru people and there's stuff that has been said and like how you market and it's quite hard and all that kind of thing and there's something that just doesn't feel right in you and i tried it and it was like that just doesn't doesn't sit right with me um and then finding the people that you kind of like oh i like the way that they've done that and it doesn't feel like pushy or salesy and i think it's only like pushy and salesy if you feel like you're, you're doing it in that way whereas it's like if you're helping people like that's a good thing it's-
0: yeah great yeah
5: I think and um, just picking up on what you said Sophie like I think it was Andy that put in the Facebook group about um sort of going to people who've got similar values to you um then they're like more likely to help in the way that you'd sort of want to help um and then like some like what you were saying Nick about the information just being quite overwhelming that's out there for PTs like instead of looking at like people who are running like six and seven figure businesses like look at people who are like one two steps ahead of you like and like get inspiration from them and get information from them because like if you're running a and this is just the way I look at it like if you're running a business that's bringing in a couple of grand a month like what people who are preaching like 10 20 grand a month it's not going to be necessarily the same. Does that make sense? Like,
0: Yeah, yeah. Very far away.
5: Yeah. And not that you shouldn't have the ambition to go for that if that's what you want and that's what's important to you, but, like, just don't, like, don't firefight. Just be realistic with everything and, yeah. Don't oh. overwhelm yourself with big, bigger p- people that are in, like, a lot bigger positions than you are. Yeah
0: it's human, human behaviour isn't it because like you could say drawing power we always we can everything we can do we can draw parallels to the clients can't we and members it's like that it's like that dude coming in and, and doing a couple of weeks of bro splits and expecting to look like Sam for example you know it's unachievable isn't it Sam absolutely mm-hmm. unachievable mate you can try your best mate
1: may <laughs> <laughs> I just pick up on something that you said because I want to debate around it and it's kind of off topic but not um you've mentioned sophie about aligning yourself with values and marketing and that felt a bit not like you and it didn't align yourself not necessarily wrong and so on now some people within the industry would say that i suppose going it the long way building this know like trust value taking a a long time um is, is is too long for some people like we need to just get in and we need to. At the end of the day, that a process doesn't work for a lot of people because it takes so long, and people haven't got that length of time. We need to speed up the the, the sales process. At the end of the day, we're still a business. Like you've identified, it didn't align with your values, um, and there's this, there's that conflict in the industry, isn't it? Do we have to go hard, harsh selling, and so on, or it's this process that aligns with us that's a little bit slower, which is probably a little bit towards what we deliver about building relationships because we deliver it. Because we feel if you're going to be a great coach, you need context to coach from. So like you gather information as much as possible. And in the process of that, you're building no like and trust. Do you think that affects the volume of sales that you get in versus like the person who's a little bit more sales hungry? Dom, I'm going to come to you on that because you've been in the industry long enough and been around that them things. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, like it just brings me back to when I first sort of when self-employed and i was taught that way like i I can remember the first advert i put out got like 60 60 leads and i couldn't believe it because it was so salesy it was like are you this like do you hate your life do you hate the do you know what i mean like you know the ones that like really really triggers people like those type of things but so i'd get so many leads um but they would all be from people that either like buying on like impulse or trying to start something to like what you said, like, run away from the pain so that they were, like, when they started, they were not the person that wanted to train. Um, They didn't like being there. Whereas when I went to more, like, what you guys teach about um, getting people to know you, like, and then you put out what you want um, from, like, a potential client, you definitely get less leads, but they stay longer. They're people you actually want to train, people you enjoy training. Um, And... Yeah, they're coming from a different place. So they come in there because they they want to and they align with you rather than you've triggered them on a post. You've almost like potentially pissed them off. Like you've made them feel shit. They ring you up and say, oh, I want to start training. Um, And then they get into it, realise they were in the wrong place and they can't like get the result they wanted to. So 100%, I feel like you get way less leads, but they're so much better when they do come in. Uh, Go on, Sam. Sorry, mate, go on.
4: No, it's fine. I was just going to say like, and this is just an, an open question really, does it depend on the platform on the service that you're trying to deliver? So mm. if you are a one-on-one small group, if you are an individual selling an individual service, so people coming to you because you're that person, then surely the route that we are talking about generates longer term longer term relationships because you are building a relationship with that person. If you are selling online as an online coach, yes, they need to know who you are, but they actually probably need to see more social proof than they need to see anything else. They're coming to you for a result. They don't actually, they don't know you. They don't really want to know you. They want, to, they want the body that, that you've shown them in your marketing, right? So that then becomes more salesy because you're hammering them with the message of, do you want to look like this? Join my online program you don't care who they are. They don't care who you are, That you want, they want to change. You want, you, you can deliver that change, but that message is still quite a strong, like Don was saying, his original post, you know, that, do you hate your life? Then that's what you're trying to do, right? You're trying to generate more leads that way. And I, 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 that's more of a question. No,
1: you're right. And the reason why I brought this up is because Sophie mentioned values and what aligns with your values. And we think the reason why it's always the forefront of the first bit of the transformation course about values, beliefs, and, all of that type of stuff is because once you nail that down, your decisions and clarity becomes a little bit more easier. And into what product you sell, how you align yourself from a marketing sense, because I believe like you've just raised top points in a sense of if you've got a product that you really want to sell and it doesn't need as much of a personalized service, then yes, you can go all well in. And I think that's, what's important about marketing. As long as you are happy with your values and you align with that, it's like you can be that salesy aggressive guy and then or girl and then or you can be the process we talked about before which is building no like and trust and a longer process and it's just about switching it's very very similar to coaching like i didn't like when i first started out in the industry all the guys in the, the pts and jimmy we were doing transformations because i used to see them turn up back in the gym and come back in their business every quarter more or less they they'd gone they've achieved their transformation three months later they were back to square one so they come back in it was just a revolving door and that just didn't align with my values and then as I progressed through my career as a PT, like I used to have people asking me for that because it was my demographic. I was like, why have I got this bias towards this? Why, why don't I like it? And I had to do a bit of soul searching and going, actually, well, surely, yes, I don't want it to align with my values, but surely I can, um, not align with my values, but surely I can set up a business where I can do someone's transformation and they can sustain or maintain an element of that afterwards. Yeah, it might not be to where they're at, and then I started to change my mindset. And I think marketing's the same. Like, can we do both? Absolutely. And I think sometimes PTs think they're either in that camp, which is, oh, this is the softer, longer approach, or they're in that camp, which is sell, sell, sell. We can't be in between. Well, we absolutely can, like Sam just said. No, I think it's a good point. Brill. All right. We're getting on with timing, Um, And I know I said max an hour, but let's keep going because I think the chat's good if you've got time to do this. Um moving forward i think we touched on this a little bit more before um before we close this out and i think this is important and i wanted to come to sam and pick on sam and nicole for this and i think it's going to be really good to take some top points from you for any parents as pts right who are parents as pts or about to be parents as, as personal trainers because i remember my thought process my business went Soon as I found out I was having a kid at 25, I started working 12, 14 hour days, seven days a week, doing eight sessions back to back because it was like shit. Like, I just need to switch something on that brings in money. Like, what tips would you give? I'll come to you, Sam, first. What tips would you give, especially from a private facility perspective, where I think this is important? Right now, you're operationally completely controlling that facility. All right? And I know you've got the next step is to open a gym with PTs and stuff like that but whilst you're completely controlling that private facility and managing home life with kids and stuff like that, what advice would you give someone who wants to progress and do what you've done and open their own gym? As
4: a Um, Yeah, Uh, Nicole's touched on this a couple of times and it's that time management piece. You have to manage your time better than anybody else at, at, at any point, right? Because Every night, basically four or five nights a week, I miss bedtime, which is, puts a lot of pressure on my relationship because I'm then leaving my wife to deal with that. And the unseen so the unseen um, pressures of that are she's now more stressed. There's dinner to cook. I come home and it's, you know, it's nine o'clock at night. I'm knackered. She's knackered. And it's just difficult. That's really hard. So that time management piece which I still I'm still struggling with um to a degree is you know getting myself to the mindset of okay well my my business is my business and my gym doesn't open at uh 6 15 till 7 15 every night it's not open because I put the kids to bed twice a week or three times a week because that's important to me that I want to I mean if it's not important to you then that that's fine you know but at the same time it's we we've, we've touched on this a lot it's that values piece and that thing that you want to achieve in your career or as a you know just as a, a person the values for me is I want to be there for my children when they go to bed so I so I make the time for that and it's again the same as our clients if you make time for exercise you know you know you if you prioritize it you'll make you'll make time for it that's what m- one of my biggest issues is is that time piece because I've got clients asking for certain times and I simply can't deliver it without cutting into my relationship or my values.
1: Mate,
4: it's class. Like
1: loads of points from that that a lot of people can take. And I think the biggest one here was writing down my notes then. That's why I didn't come off mute quick enough. Um, Like the values piece has come up more and more recently. Me and Nick's talked about loads of PTs are starting to become a little bit more self-aware of like, who am I? what am I going to stand for from myself because I need as much clarity as possible. So I don't, I no longer compare myself to others. Like I didn't have like as cheesy as it sounds, I didn't have another PT at 25 years old to look at around me or online to look at and go, well, they're a parent. How do they manage it? And I think what's really important is most gym owners and I know loads, right. Who are deemed to be successful and have kids never fucking see, them, never see them, like one day a week and that wouldn't align with my values it's clearly not aligned with yours sam like in in a sense of you have your small group training slots sectioned out in your day and your gyms run off the back of putting them first and then two or three times per week and i just think that's huge um and it does come back to that piece nicole anything you'd add to that
5: yeah like i think sam said really well there that like having, having that boundary and making it non-negotiable is so, so important. And um, I think for me, like if you can, like not everyone can, um, like have, have some savings behind you, like if it helps to give you that bit of reassurance um, and like know that you'll have, you'll have those moments where you'll be like, why the hell am I purposefully putting myself through this shit when I could just go and get a job and my life would be so much easier I mean it's not forced to be because then you're just getting shit from someone else and I think if you want to be self-employed then going from being self-employed to then being employed again would probably be a headache um but I mean like from personal experience like not all risks are bad risks like and I'm someone who in the past mo- nine months has probably taken more risks than I've ever taken in my life, but like I think if you have a plan if you know like what you need to break it even and expect that will change like set yourself some goals for 12 months work it back like into smaller goals like weekly monthly goals and do the do the bloody work like no one's gonna do it for you like nobody's coming to help you and and I think when you're obviously like a parent and you've got like little time, like track what you're doing and prioritize what's working. Because if you're in, a, for example, from my experience, you're in a commercial gym and your leads are coming from the gym floor. Like, don't be fucking about on Canva for hours a week. Like, put your effort into the gym floor if that's where your leads are coming from, um just so that you're spending your time in the right places. And then just like putting yourself in an environment where you're going to be like supported and help held accountable like having ptma in the group like has supported me massively over the last nine months like just having that sounding board, board like guys i'm gonna do this what do you think like it's just like like again going back to what we tell clients like we speak to our clients about how environment tracking progress support and accountability is really important but like when we have a fat loss goal and that's important for us too, like as business owners, like and for someone who's wanting to take a risk and take a step into something that might be quite scary. Um, you need that network and that community and someone checking in on you because it's invaluable to me. Like, yeah, sorry, went off That's on a right. bit. Then, That's Megan. I, <laughs> I nearly <to> started
0: crying <laughs> then. Nick, obviously. <laughs> um, right, let's finish this off with Dom and Soph. Nicole and Sam are both talking about boundaries. Is there any kind of, is there one boundary that you put in place and non-negotiable you put in place that had quite a, quite a decent impact on, not, it doesn't have to be just business, but maybe lifestyle as well or a little bit of both?
2: Um, I think for me it was working out what I didn't want to do more so than what I did. I speak to you guys all the time about like I'm always like especially when it comes like the whole goal thing like I bang on about all the time I'm not someone who necessarily needs something like that to work towards but what helped was like writing out things that I didn't want to do like so like a big thing for me was not working weekends um so one of of the uh, non-negotiables was that and to begin with turning down clients who wanted to do it was so hard but thinking about the working when i didn't want to how unhappy that would make me rather than how happy the extra money might make me um so yeah put writing down what i didn't what i didn't want my week to look like or what i didn't want my business to look like was probably the biggest thing rather than thinking about what i did want to do if that makes sense
0: yeah 100 and take holiday
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well overdue. That's gotta be up
1: there with one of the best things that you've got out of that as well. What's that? Your holiday pat the- that. Um oh, so good to see you off the back of Christmas, come back. And you can explain that if you want.
2: Yeah. So like again, a big thing for me was like I would never, never, ever take holiday. Um so putting that into into place so that I could that it wouldn't affect my income too much. Or like for me, whenever I take time off, I would always end up having to like front load or back load the week so that they would be almost not worth the stress. So I just wouldn't do it because I'd end up doing way more sessions the week before, way more sessions after. And it got to the point where I couldn't do it anymore because I couldn't physically fit the people in. Um, And it was just like proper relief. Well, I should probably take it a bit more personally because I would say to clients that I'm going to take a week off and they'd be like, thank fuck. Like, (laughs) like whether that was just during, during, I think it was October I took time off and they were all buzzing because they were like, I get a week off absolutely buzzing. Um, and then the same thing with Christmas. Like, one of them come back to me and said, like, everyone's probably going to be well happy because they don't have to make an excuse why they don't want to come in. Like, so, yeah, so, like, that was a massive one for me that i actually been able to take time off without it being really stressful. Um, and my clients were buzzing that they didn't have to spend time with me, so.
0: <laughs> uh, good stuff, mate. Cheers for that. Soph, any...
3: Yeah I mean I think like the values has been like such a huge theme but I think the same like just what like um, Nicole and Sam were saying about being parents and like not working within that time like I think that says so much about them as people as well the fact that they're putting their family first and that will like those parents or people that they want to work with like they'll naturally gravitate to them because they've set that expectation that boundary that like their family does come first and I think that like knowing what's important to you and you know who's important to you as well and allowing that time and to be like fully present you know like I when I first started out and I did need to like I was working like all the hours weekends like everything and then I was like I'm not really spending enough time like with my family or when I am like I wasn't fully present with them I was like on the phone and like so just knowing, yeah, like, what is important to you and how you're going to structure that um, into, like, your week as well. Like, I'm the same. I don't work Sundays. Like, I spend it with my family, with my friends. Um, and actually, like, clients respect that as well. Like they're Because then when you go and see them, like, you do have stuff to talk about because you're like, oh, I did this at the weekend and I went on this walk or whatever it is. Mm. And I think, yeah, like, circling back to what is important to you and you'll naturally attract those clients as well. And you'll get on with them. Um, And I think two more things for me, like one thing was like practicing what I preach. um, Again, with like my own training, my own nutrition, rest time, like it's not always going to be perfect, but saying, you know, doing it as much as you can, because you're a better coach because you do those things. Um, And then like setting the expectation when you bring somebody into the business. um, Like for me, I won't really reply to messages until like between like eight and nine o'clock at night. And that's because I'm with clients all day, like from like Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm pretty much back to back. And I have like half an hour slots or an hour to, to quickly grab my lunch, go for a walk. And so I'll reply to all my messages in the evening. So then knowing that they can expect a reply within that time um yeah and then just structuring it out working you know certain days i've got back to back and then one day that i've got an admin day so i just like do it all on that day um so yeah it's just kind of setting the boundaries but also like sticking to them as much as you can not perfect but getting there (laughs)
1: that was quality um listen there's so much to unpack throughout what we've talked about i think I was just thinking before, I was, even when I sent Nick the first like little brief that we said we'd ask a few questions and so on, doing a podcast for the six of us is a lot harder than thinking of questions and keeping it on track than it is to for two or three of us like it is normally. Um, because there's so many points in what you've done that we could have probably picked out, I don't know, values and gone an hour on that, picked out confidence, gone an hour on that. But I think what was important for us today is that, any pts kind of listening to this who maybe have waited for january for example and january's not took off as they thought and now they're risking they're thinking about they're going back to a job that they hated and all of that is every single one of us have gone through that process at every single level of what we've done and um, even us with the mentoring programs and anything else that we knew we launched new and stuff and i think that was important to get across plus all of the other stuff like breaking through things and doing stuff to break through things um and the fact that you're all so very different, but your values and your beliefs and what you want best for you and your businesses are more or less the same. So I just think it's class. And do you know what? We give you a lot of shit, or I give you a lot of shit. Nick's nice to you, to be fair. Um, but fair play to us, because... except Sam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> except Sam.
0: Fair play to you, is like... I
1: feel like um,
4: a punch bag. I feel like a punch bag. A proverbial punch
0: bag. Um, everybody listening, Sam gives it back as well. Looking
4: right. Sure. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right adult. it's two
4: against one
1: That's yeah. right. <laughs> normally you two against me to be fair um, yeah, listen yeah. like we can't thank you enough to give us at the end of the day your time like dom dom wasn't even going to come on until he realized it's the 100th episode not. you know
2: what i mean weird how that works isn't
1: it yeah it is yeah you know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, you know where his values lie don't we so, <laughs> so Jesus. um But listen, we can't thank you enough um, for really different backgrounds, environments and so on. I hope everyone listening has took loads from that because I have, and it's just going back to what we've talked about, like reassured me that what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks and months and having more PTs on who are living and breathing it right now is the right thing because I've loved every minute of that. So I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for your time, you bunch of legends, and we'll see you soon.